welcome to another episode of Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton. And on this episode, we're going to talk about a team that was hyped before the season. That would be the New York Football Jets as they host a team that was probably What's going on, man? What's up, man? Thanks for having me. Can you hear me, Jamal? I hear you now. You broke. You were breaking up a little bit. Yeah, I don't know what is going on crazy with this internet, but it's you know it wants to you know act up at the wrong times. But you know, I I wanted to bring you on, of course, from. Bill Roden on Sports Podcast or Bros Podcast, as some like to call it. But uh, yeah, man, definitely a pleasure to have you on again. Of course, probably wish it was under better circumstances with the uh, New York Football Jets. But you know, that's uh, we're gonna get into that and more on this episode. Uh, but you know, of course, I want to talk about my sponsor, which one of my sponsors is Manscaped manscaped.com you can go to manscaped.com and uh you know buy a few things you got something for christmas you want to get somebody or whatever or get something just for yourself to treat yourself you can get 20 percent off manscaped.com plus free shipping with the promo code afc south the promo code again is afc south 20 percent off plus free shipping give yourself a christmas gift give somebody else a christmas gift there you go manscaped.com now we're going to get into the New York Jets, like I mentioned, but there is always the get off your chest segment that goes with every episode. And on this episode, I want you all to hear something. And if you're watching, just pay attention to something that caught my eye. I'm just going to want you, let you hear it. It's uh, from the NFL Network, and it's Mr. Uh, David Carr. This team, you have to have a serious conversation if you're Philly, and you have to really say, is it better for us to play Marcus Mariota right now and let Jalen get really? fully healthy? Ooh. Because I would argue that it does not matter if you're the number one seed. Because if the 49ers come into Philly again, <laughs> they do not care. <laughs> they do not care. If raining in Philly doesn't matter. But, but Irrelevant. You're the coach. You're Nick Sirianni. You go up to Jalen Hurts. He's oh, like, I'm dude, you, bro. I, I, That's I can be a play, crazy coach. Conversation. I can play. How are you going to tell me after I just got paid, we do all this stuff, I'm in the MVP running. We just had a board up there reading oh, his MVP odds, and now you're going to tell me, telling me to sit. Big picture, brother. Like, that's like <laughs> you have to do Like, if you're Nick Sirianni, this is the type of decision and conversation you have to have if you have a big picture mentality. And I think you can have that conversation, honestly, with Jalen. And if you set him down, that's all Jalen talks about is the end result and getting to the Super Bowl and winning that thing. The best way we can do it, they didn't run the football at all no, with him. No, they, they twice? They That's not they it, man. That's not the winning edge. Put Marcus in there. Win a couple games. Yeah. Maybe you have the number one seed still. You might have it. I'd say he's probably better playing quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh! Right now. Right now. He would be more productive. Hey, I ain't say right that. I had to leave that freeze frame up there just to y'all could get the the max effect of Michael Robinson's reaction when he heard that foolishness coming out of Mr. David Carr's mouth. Now, for those that don't remember Mr. David Carr, he was the number one draft pick for the Houston Texans, and 
he didn't necessarily do very well as the number one quarterback. Uh, most would say he probably was shell-shocked from all the hits that he took. And this may be a direct reflection of that. Because to say, you know, I, I get one part of it, talking about, oh, send down and kind of rest his injuries, things like that. But he said Marcus Mariota may be a better quarterback for this team. Need I remind everyone what Marcus Mariota did last year? I'm just going to show people for those that are watching. And down goes Mariota just getting a small piece. Meanwhile, the ball is out, but are they going to call this now? No, they're stopping the play. They're stopping the play. Crowd is in an uproar. Can't figure out what Mariota is doing tonight with some of these decisions. LeVu blitzed, trips him up there. And the body is down, obviously. Yep. And then he just throws it without really knowing, having any idea where it might go. He just decides to put the ball in the air. Thankfully, he's he's ruled down. You heard Kirk Herbstreit talking about this man's throw. Did you see that? That was a 360 roll on the ground throw for prayer. But yet David Carr thinks this man should be the starting quarterback over Jalen Hurts. He also went on to say about he doesn't know if Jalen Hurts can read a defense. Now, I don't know what you heard and things that I've heard, but I've often heard this saying about quarterbacks like uh, Lamar Jackson, like uh, a Dak Prescott. I, I, there's plenty of others I can name. But you know what they all have in common. David Carr. I know you played football for a while. I know you took a lot of hits, but sir, you know, if you're going to comment like that about Jalen Hurts, an MVP candidate at that, I think it might be time to retire from broadcasting and things like that because that was uncalled for. Marcus Mariota, do I need to show the film again? Do people need to see that? I don't know if they want to see that. But anyway, David Carr. Jalen Hurts is the quarterback of that team. He will be the quarterback of that team. And Marcus Mariota is not the guy. He's shown that in Tennessee. He's shown that in Atlanta. Atlanta, he got pulled from being the starting quarterback, and he left the team. So this is the guy you want to invest to be your starting quarterback. Now, I'm not trying to make this all about Marcus Mariota, but I'm just saying. David Carr, that was mighty disrespectful to say that to Jalen Hurts. Now, Jamal, do you have anything you want to add to that? No, I mean, it's, you know, I saw that headline. That's the first time I had seen the clip. So thank you for showing that to me. Uh, it's even worse than just reading it. I mean, you know, if he obviously has not been watching football, if, you, if you're going to say Marcus Mariota is should be playing it, even even a hurt Jalen Hurts is is better than Marcus Mariota. I wish I wish the Eagles had a better backup quarterback because maybe he would have an argument because Hurts obviously isn't 100 percent. But to say that, you know, about Marcus Mariota, and then I didn't even know that he said anything about reading a defense. That's just ridiculous. And, you know, I, I, you know, I might never pay attention to anything Derek Carr has to say ever again in my life. Well, yeah, David, David, Derek Carr and David Carr either. Both well, of them. Both of them. <laughs> yeah, they both cars and they both not winning. <laughs> so, no, hey, it is what it is. Uh, you know, I, to me, that's just mighty, mighty disrespectful. But, of course, you know, we got to transition to a team, and, and Luck was mighty disrespectful to them, and that was the New York football Jets. 
three plays, four plays into the game, into the game. And Aaron Rodgers pops his Achilles. Wow. Just go from a big high to a low. I mean, can you kind of describe the emotional, I guess, uh, swing amongst maybe some New Yorkers that maybe believe the Jets might have a team to do something this year? Yeah, it was a very sad uh, state of events. I remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> I, uh, and I was there. I was I was at the game. I actually showed I was I was running late, showed up to the game. I get into the press box and I think it was like, you know, maybe the second play I get there. The second play, he's running for his life. I think it was like the first or second play of the game. First play, first pass call. He's run. I'm looking at the TV as soon as I get in the press box and I see him running for his life. And I'm like, oh, this is not going to go well. Then a couple plays later, he goes down. And remember, we didn't people didn't know at first what it was, what you know. But I've torn two Achilles. I've torn Achilles wow. in both, in both uh, my right and my left foot. Um, so I kind of I can kind of see the signs, you know, the 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 way people go down, that kind of thing. And I was like, that doesn't look good. Um, so it, it was just a, it was very Jets. It was very Jetsian the the way the whole thing went down. I mean, I ranted about it. When it happened, you know, it's just like all oh, the whole off season, the hype, the HBO, uh, hard knocks, you know, all we are, oh, Joe Namath is back. All this, you know, it was just all this <laughs> hype. And then for the third, fourth play of the game, I can't remember to go for it to be all over. I mean, it was just, and then you have Zach Wilson, who, who we know, you know, who's the backup. We knew that going into the season, but, you know, we didn't think he would have to play. He didn't think he would have to play, I'm sure. And just for him, you know, for the season he had the year before where the team, you know, lost all confidence in him. He did a terrible job on the field and off the field with the Jets. For him to be pushed back into playing and taking that role, I mean, it was just a disaster. And like I said, it's just it was just like it's the Jets, man. And, you know, I, I grew up sort of a Jets fan. So, you know, I've, I've seen this my whole life and it's just – you know, I hate to admit it. Like, I, I don't even like when people say, oh, it's, it's, it's the Jets, you know, the, that's just what they do. They're terrible. But now, you know, after something like that happens, that's all you can say. Like, it's the Jets, man. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Now, of course, you know, from this came the quarterback carousel. Now, you had Zach Wilson. Then you had Tim Boyle for a couple games, well, a game and a half. Then you had Trevor Simeon come in and be the starter. And now – or, or Trevor Simeon coming to play, I should say. Now you're going back to or asking Zach Wilson to come back in the game. Now, of course, it was mentioned out there that he had some trepidation. Did he really want to do it or not? You know, well, you, you are kind of getting paid by the organization, so you kind of might want to do that. But um, to me, you know, just looking at it, you know, with this team, I totally get the talk about the quarterback play. But I don't think any quarterback is going to succeed behind that offensive line. And this this quarterback carousel, I think, kind of gets the it's kind of like it's kind of like when the quarterback gets all the attention when things go well, he gets it when all it goes bad too. And it kind of skips over the little things like the offensive line has been bad as well. I mean, am I am I am I completely off there by thinking, you know, more blame should be on the offensive line as, as just as much as the quarterbacks? Yeah, and no, I think I think you uh, you said it right in terms of just as much. I, I wouldn't take blame away from the quarterback play. Oh no, definitely not. It's been horrible, but you're right. And and you know I just talked about it. You know when before Aaron Rodgers even got injured, and you could say part of the reason he got injured 
is because there was no offensive line. He was running for his life the first couple of plays, and then he gets sacked, goes down. He's a you know he's a 39 year old quarterback at the time. You know what do you expect? We kind of knew. I kind of felt like that that was the one fear I had all along. You know I didn't think he would go out with a you know Achilles the first game, but I figured he's he was going to get hurt at some point behind that offensive line. You know being an older quarterback, uh, but. Yeah, so you can definitely attribute a lot of that blame to the offensive line and to the organization for not, uh, you know, putting guys in that position that can get it done and to the organization for not signing uh, a solid, solid backup uh, when you have a 39-year-old quarterback who's going to be more susceptible to injury. But, you know, getting back to this, the carousel, even after uh, Aaron Rodgers goes down, okay, we know, like I said, we know Zach Wilson has problems, but he's still he's still a young quarterback. We know he has arm talent, as as people like to say. Um, so he has some talent there. I think he's shown enough that he, we know he's not going to be, you know, a good, you know, a, a solid starter probably in the league. We, you know, we've seen enough. But I'll tell you this: we knew he was better than Tim Boyle. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We knew he was better than Simeon probably. So I never, I don't understand what Salah was doing there and you know when when he sat uh Zach Wilson for Boyle I mean there's no way Boyle was gonna get the job done if Zach Wilson couldn't get it done so you might have so it's almost like I feel like he kind of succumbed to the pressure of the media who you know wanted to bash Zach Wilson maybe the team didn't have obviously didn't have confidence in him you know you saw Garrett Wilson ever every every time uh, there's an incomplete pass. You know, he's just <laughs> looking so frustrated and mad <laughs> right. at Zach Wilson. But what? A, but it's not. But we all know that Boyle wasn't better. So I don't understand why you sit Zach Wilson in the first place for somebody that for for an alternative that you knew wasn't going to work. So now you have to you have to run back to him because you have nothing else. And of course he has trepidation. He had he probably had trepidation about playing. When Aaron Rodgers went down, so <laughs> right. now he's, he's failed in the meantime, you know. And 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 I, you know, Salah took a lot of flack for for trying to, you know, have Zach Wilson's back for for weeks and weeks and say, you know, he's getting getting better. And you know, honestly, he was. He was. You know, it's just he started from such a low position. It wasn't saying much, but you know, he he could make a throw here and there. He had, you know, he has a strong arm. He could he could throw it deep. Um, so you know, it's just it's just just a disaster, and you know now after his confidence is gone, I can't you know I have no kind of expectations for Zach Wilson, but he can't be any worse than what what we've seen the past couple of weeks. Well, I'll tell you what, two songs come to mind uh, when it comes to uh, you know Zach Wilson in the quarterback room. The first song when they took him uh, when they started playing, I'm sorry, you know. Started from the bottom. Now we hear, you know, Drake came in into mind because he he could only go anywhere but up. And then another song, uh, it's, it's an old school song, Glenn Jones, I've Been Searching. And it seemed like that Robert Salah was playing, I've Been Searching, every time he looked at another quarterback. I'm searching, maybe you, maybe you, maybe you, maybe you. But it kind of took place to me. I think what they should have done in this case is just take, take all the reins off of him, let him play. If he makes mistakes, I think he would have probably came out better instead of you trying to kind of coddle him and run these different things. And kind of, yeah, I think he may have came out better, but you know, it is what it is at this point, and it is past that time. But it isn't past for this time for this defense to actually continue to play and ball out. 
you know, I'm kind of I kind of feel sad for CJ Mosley. He used to be a Baltimore Raven. Now he's with the Jets, and yep. you know he's playing good football, but he's not playing good football and winning football at the same time. Um, and they do have a defense. You know, Sauce Gardner there, uh, Reed at the other corner. They have a lot of pieces and players. Quentin Williams, Quincy Williams. I mean, but you know, how do they kind of? How do they kind of, you know, how would you feel if you're that defense and you're out there, you know, playing great ball, giving your offense a chance or giving your team a chance to win, but you know every week that the offense potentially does not have what it needs to make it happen and win ballgames? Yeah, I mean, you feel terrible, you know, and it's the second year in a row, at least, uh, that, that this has happened. Um, but, you know, it's no surprise anymore. I mean, they've known this. They had to know. They knew as soon as as soon as Aaron Rodgers went down this year, that was the first question people had in the locker room was like, oh, I mean, what you know, now what is it going to be? You know, what kind of confidence do you have? And they all tried to say the right thing, uh, you know, say they had confidence in Zach Wilson. But you knew they didn't. They they were there last year. They saw what happened. Um, so, and, you know, and, and you can tell now that they never they never really believed in him. And, and who did? <laughs> to be honest, after what we saw the previous season, so it's you know it's it's sad, uh, but you know they get paid, they're professionals, and, and like you said, they still have. It's not like they've they've fallen off. They still play tough D. They're still a top ten defense. Even you know you would think, uh, you know after you know weeks and weeks and weeks of your offense not producing, that you know sooner or later you lose hope and 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 the your play starts to fall off. And that's happened a little bit because I think they could probably be a top five defense if they had an offense, you know, if they had, if they truly believed. But there's, you know, they they still stayed tough, top ten defense. They're, I think they're third against the pass, which is interesting coming into this game, and we'll, we'll get into it against Houston. Um, so they still are a tough defense, but you know, they just they know there's no there's no margin for error, and that's got to weigh on you. Right, right. Uh, you know, um, you know, musical reference again. You know, I do like music. If I wasn't talking sports all the time, I'd probably talk music. Uh, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, the Rocky IV soundtrack, No Easy Way Out. There's definitely no easy way out for this defense. You know, they're no. doing the best they can, but, no. you know, they can't, they can't get, they can't find the easy way out to a win in terms of doing everything on the field. And, you know, I do feel bad for them because I do love a good defensive team. Or there's got to be some offense that has got to be sprinkled in there just a little bit. Um, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little Jets versus the Houston Texans on tour in the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. A shift. A shift is something that happens and changes the dynamics. And that's what happened when Garrett Logistics was born. After 10 years as a sales pro in the logistics world of sporting goods, John Garrett decided to pivot to the world of freight and start a brokerage. So you're saying to yourself, why trust Garrett Logistics? Well, Garrett Logistics helps shippers improve overall workflow, along with increased on-time pickup and delivery percentages. Last-minute loads, multi-drop pickups, and more are part of the services with Garrett Logistics. They're available Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturday, 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. All times Central Standard Time. So give them a ring at 615-400-8484. That's 615-400-8484. Or you can email them at john at garrettlogistics.co or visit their website at garrettlogistics.co. Garrett Logistics, where the motto is, it's not just freight to us, it's your business.
All right, and we are back on tour in the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. And before we left to go to break, we got to talk about the matchup, the New York football Jets and the Houston Texans. Now, before the season, you looked at this game and you thought, well, the Jets might be playing well. The Jets would be playing well at this point with Aaron Rodgers leading them. And the Houston Texans, they might be playing well with C.J. Stroud at this time, maybe trying to try to find a stride. Well, it's kind of reversed. The Jets are kind of still trying to find out their identity offensively and, of course, work through some issues offensively. And the Houston Texans with C.J. Stroud, that man is on a mission. And he definitely is playing some good football and is the leader in the clubhouse, in my opinion, for Offensive Rookie of the Year in the NFL. Um, now. You know, getting into that, of course, uh, 20 touchdowns, five interceptions for the season so far. And, of course, he had three interceptions in the game against Arizona pretty recently. But, you know, that's kind of an anomaly for him this year. Uh, how impressed have you been about just watching C.J. Stroud this year and what he's been able to do? Oh, very, 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 very impressed. And I, I liked him, uh, you know, coming out of college, especially after that game against Georgia. He showed what he had. Um you know, I thought he could have went number one. I would have had no problem with that, even though I like I like Bryce Young at the time also. Um, but I mean, even even if you had high expectations for a rookie quarterback to play well, you you know, twenty interceptions. I mean, twenty touchdowns, five interceptions, and just the poise that he's shown. And then they're winning. Also, nobody expected them to win. I'll tell you that much. Um, or be in the playoff hunt. That was not an expectation with a rookie quarterback. So I think there's no way you can't be impressed by that. And, you know, I, I, I'm trying to think of a, a rookie quarterback that has been as impressive in, in the past decade or so, and I can't really. Maybe you can think of one. But, I mean, he's just been so poised, so accurate, you know, uh, short and deep balls, uh, great leader, says all the right things. I mean, he I mean, really looks like the real deal. I don't know. I right. can't think of any faults. Well, the one quarterback I did, I can't think of, even though he wasn't necessarily the star of that team, is uh, Ben Roethlisberger. He was pretty solid as a rookie. But, Very solid. Um, other than that, you know, it's a lot of uh, rookies that try to step in there and try to lead a team. But I don't think I've ever heard of uh, a guy like him just being up front and being basically, you know, a leader. He definitely – fits the bill with what he says, what he does on the field, and how he carries himself also. So, you know, it's definitely great to see. And I didn't know he had that type of leadership ability off time. Right. I thought it would develop. Right. But, you know, I definitely like the leadership ability that he showed. I did say going into this draft, though, he was the most talented quarterback of all the quarterbacks. I definitely uh, thought that was going to happen, but I just didn't expect to see it, you know, matriculate or show on the field so soon. Now <clears> – <throat> He is going against the top defense in the Jets. We do, you know, we do have to talk about that. And the Jets can bring a few things towards him. So what do you kind of expect the Jets to do to kind of maybe throw him off his game this week? I mean, they're going to just do what they do. They're going to play tough defense. They're going to, you know, they'll bring some pressure. They have, they, they got the corners who can play man to man, especially with, with uh, Stroud, uh, not having, you know, not having one of his best wide receivers in Tank Dell, the rookie, the other rookie, um, that's that could be an issue. Um, so I, I expect them. I don't expect him to have a great game on Sunday. So, you know, I think it's gonna. I think the Jets will make it ugly. I, I don't, the weather probably won't be that great. Uh, 
uh, in New York. It'll be a little, it'll be a little cold out there. Um, and they're going to put some pressure on them and they're going to, you know, and the, and the secondary is going to be tough. Uh, so I think the jets will probably keep it close, especially for, you know, for the first three quarters. Um, but I'll tell you what, I, uh, he's a better quarterback than what the jets will have on the other side. I'll tell you that much. So <laughs> I think when it's all said and done, he'll figure out a way, uh, you know, to, to get points on the board, um, more than the jets will. I hear you there. Now, uh, it's going to be definitely interesting just to see how many times Quentin Williams, Quentin Williams is able to get to him. Now, you know, you mentioned Tank Dell is out, but, you know, there is a guy named Nico Collins on the other side. Yeah, and yeah. that guy has uh, definitely, definitely, definitely – it's amazing. He couldn't get over 500 yards receiving the first couple of years he's in the NFL. Now he's on pace for over 1,000 yards receiving, which – it's pretty amazing. They would have had if Tank Dell, you know, of course he did get injured, and you know, definitely prayers going out to him for a speedy recovery. Um, if he wouldn't have got injured, then the Texans would have probably had two one thousand yard receivers. I don't think anybody had that on their bingo card before they started. So it's all about it's all about quarterback. If you have if you have a good quarterback, those wide receivers look a lot better always. That's true. That's true. A good quarterback will definitely make you look good. Um, now, a good quarterback, you know, we're good. We're, you know, we can't say that Zach Wilson is a good quarterback. We no. we can say he tries, he's but well, he's going to be he's going to be back in there again. Right. He's in there against a Houston Texans defense. Now, this defense is not comprised of you know the you know the all stars that D'Amico Ryan's was coaching with the 49ers. However, he does have a couple veterans, and, you know, he does have a guy in uh, Jimmy Ward that knows his system playing the safety position. He does have Jalen Petrie out there as well. He does have uh, Derek Stingley Jr. at one corner and Steven Nelson at the other. And he also has a guy named Jonathan Grenard, which nobody really talks about him, but he leads the Houston Texans in sacks. Not necessarily the guy that everyone thinks of, you know, when you think of that. So with that being said, in this – Oh boy, this Jets offensive line. How much trouble do you think Zach Wilson may be in Sunday in terms of running for his life back there? Well, you know, if you watch the Jets, Zach Zach Wilson is always in trouble. All right. And Houston, they're not known for their defense. Uh, but there's they've been solid. You know, you you you're not gonna you're not in a playoff hunt without a you know a solid defense, and they have that. Um and they're playing against, as we said, an inept offense. Uh, so I, I think, I think they'll they'll cause enough havoc uh, for the Jets. To, you know, I'm sure they'll turn the ball, they'll turn Zach Wilson over a couple times. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't have any. You know, I don't, I don't think Houston's defense will be an issue in this game um, because of who they're playing against. I think, you know, what it will it's, it's just going to take for Houston uh, to be able to put you know a couple scores on the board. Now, let's just say the Jets do get something going offensively. Who would be the person to spearhead that, in your opinion? Well, that, that's another issue about this week because if if it if that were to happen, I would I would think it'd be Brees Hall, but he's questionable. Um, I don't think he practiced yesterday. I'm not sure about today. Um, so they, they're probably missing their their best offensive option. You could say Garrett Wilson, but he's dependent on the quarterback, and we know how that goes. Um, I would I would assume that they're going to try to get the ball in Garrett Wilson's hands as they as they 
usually do with some short passes, but I'm sure Houston and uh, D'Amico will be ready for that. Uh, so I would say Brees Hall enough. Brees Hall doesn't play. Then you got, and it's an ankle I think he's dealing with. Um, if Brees Hall doesn't play, then it's uh, uh, Cook. Uh, so the cook, the, the cook has been serving up undercooked food this year. Undercooked though. food, you know, they're paying him seven million, uh, but it, you know, hasn't it hasn't really, uh, you know, they haven't he hasn't really given him a return on it, but he hasn't really had the opportunity because Brees Hall has been uh, the better back. So, you know, but it's just, you know, it's, you know, like I said, as a, as a guy who grew up kind of a, you know, Jets fan, this is really depressing. It depressing me just asking me these questions about the Jets and, uh, you well, know, what they're capable of doing. And I can't, isn't that, I mean, I've been, I've, I've been sitting there watching the Jets all season and you just know what's going to, going to happen. You know, even, even if they have, you know, they might have, they might get lucky and, and uh, have a, one successful drive, but don't expect them to follow up on that. Oh man, you know I might call this a, this episode the Jets therapy session. You know I might call it that, but uh, <laughs> yeah, seriously, it's it's come on. But, but I do have a couple other questions for you, and then we'll, I guess we'll 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 you know call it uh, end of the therapy session for the Jets this this uh, this episode. But uh, the Jets win this game if they do what offensively? Offensively, uh, I mean, you know, if Zach Wilson figures out a way not to turn the ball over. Um, you know, if he throws for about 180, you know, get, you know, 180, 200 yards, doesn't, doesn't turn the ball over, gets the ball in uh, Garrett Wilson's hands about, you know, get him like six, seven catches for almost a hundred yards. Uh, and Brees Hall plays and, you know, breaks one or two because he's capable of that. You know, even either if you hand it, hand it off to him or, you know, a screen pass or something like that, he can break a long one. So they would need him to do that once or twice. And I think then they'd have a chance for the upset because their defense will show up. Okay. And defensively, the Jets win this game if they do what? So they got to limit Stroud to, you know, no, no more than really one one touchdown pass and keep him under about – you got to keep him under 250 for sure. Uh, turn him over a couple times, you know, throw a couple of interceptions – Get that get pressure on him, and that this, you know this is all possible, you know, on both sides mm-hmm. of the ball. Well, more so on the defensive side of the ball, um, it's possible. Uh, I, like I said in the beginning, I think I, I do think they will play tough def- defense, and they and Stroud will struggle a bit. Um, you know, I don't think he's going to go out there and light it up on Sunday. Uh, so you know, if the defense does what they do. And force them, you know, force them to try to run the ball, which has been, which has not been a strong suit uh, for Houston this year. Then, you know, then the, then they will have done their job, and I expect, you know, I expect them to make to have a good showing, uh, you know. But <laughs> we just you got to go back to the offense, you know. It could, you know, I mean, I could see them holding if they hold Houston to under, you know, under twenty points, holding about seventeen points. I think it'll be a close game, but. I don't. Th- I'm not sure the Jets will be able to, uh, you know, to seal the deal. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch in one way or another. Uh, you know, definitely. Uh, I guess it's time for you to get off the couch now. But um, what we can do, though, to finish off uh, this episode is a game. We always have a game at the end of the show. It's five questions, two answers, and one choice. Jamar, you ready? I'm ready. All right. First question: Madison Square Garden or Yankee Stadium? Which one is more historic? to uh new york city wow in your opinion 
more historic. Wow. Uh, that's the, that's a tough <laughs> one. That's a really tough one. I want to say that the Yankee Stadium may, might be more historic because it's older. You know, it's been around longer. You talk, you're talking about like Babe Ruth, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. <laughs> uh, Madison Square Garden is is more my favorite, but also very historic. I mean, the the world's most famous arena. Uh, but I, I'll say Yankee Stadium if I have to choose. All right. Now, a lot of people don't know this, but there's actually a theater up under the actual playing, uh, you know, court as well. If you've been there, you know this, but you know, if yes. you haven't, you don't know any of that stuff. But yeah, was there on Christmas the day uh, John Wall and Quincy Ace got into a fight on the court? I was there covering the game. Man, that was fun. Um, now we're going to go into music. We got two songs. You got to pick one. They're definitely well known in New York. Both of these songs are. You got DMX, Rough Riders Anthem, or you got Ja Rule, New York. Which song are you taking? Oh, Rough Riders Anthem. No question about that. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. I, it's not even close. That's not even close to me. And I'm not I'm, I'm not trying to completely diss Ja Rule. Uh, but yeah, but that DMX Rough Rider Anthem, that was an absolute classic. In the you know in the heart of the golden age of hip hop in my opinion, yeah definitely. I look, I was I was listening to that song every day down here in Nashville, Tennessee, every mm -hmm. day. Love that song. Now, I, the only reason I threw the New York song is Lord knows everybody from New York was probably yelling that song somewhere, and they was repping that song. It's probably that's probably the most times I got got uh you know back on top since like the days that Fifty just dropped his album on. Them. Yeah, you know, he tried he tried to, you know, come up with a layup. He, you know, he knew he needed a, a hit at that time. So he, he threw the New York thing on and you know, you, it was hard to diss it if you were a New Yorker. So Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, we got uh media food. Master <laughs> Square Garden or Barclays Center. Which one has the better media food to you? Uh, that's not even close either. It's Barclays Center. Uh Barclays, they do it up, man. You know, they they you go there, you feel like you just went to like a restaurant or something, nice mm -hmm. little buffet. Madison Square Garden, nah, bro. They you know <laughs> they, they 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 cheap they cheap out when it comes to the food uh, to the press, man. It's not you you might yeah. I think you should go eat something before you go to Madison Square Garden. That's my uh in, in terms of the media food, because they do have nice, you know, ven the vendors and stuff like that. They got some of the best uh choices. In the league, you know, in any sport, I was just I was just there uh, for the UConn North Carolina game a couple of days ago, and I had some nice ribs <laughs> from man from from there, you know, like some actual good ribs. So imagine that. Uh -huh. But um, yeah. yeah, so but no, in terms of what they provide to the media, it's no not even close. Barclays Center. Now I will say this: I've had both, mm -hmm. and yes, Barclays Center is the clear winner in this one. Now I will say. Master Square Garden did have some good chocolate chip cookies. I give okay. them that. Okay. But other than that, okay. nah, Barclays is winning by a long shot. Long shot. And you had plenty of different choices. Yeah. You could have yeah. and it, and I went during the Christmas time. So they had the gingerbread cookies and all that stuff. I was like, man, this is great. I mean, no. can we just uh can I just take some of this to go? You know, <laughs> Master Square Garden, they they have the same thing they've had every game every time you go there they got the same exact thing they've had for the past 10 15 years no question barclays they got themes you know oh it's chinese food theme or the mexican food or we got this you know they don't barclays ain't playing i'm telling you right right hey I, i'm i'm always down to go to barclays 
Um, let's see. The next question, the last question, you're probably going to be like, why did you just put me back on the couch again? But if you had to pick a quarterback outside of Zach Wilson to start of the of the two court, other two quarterbacks that have played, are you going to go Tim Boyle or Trevor Simeon? <laughs> I'm going to go Trevor Simeon. Uh, you know, at least I've seen him in, on other teams. Uh, you know, he, he has some experience. I mean, I saw Boyle in preseason. I knew this this dude. I was wondering why he's even on the team. I hate to say it, but I, that, I just to be honest, that's what I was wondering back then in preseason. Um, and then the fact, you know, so yeah, you put me back on the couch, man. I can't, I can't. <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah, it's just it's a, it's a rough one, I know. But hey, five questions, two answers, one choice. It's all over. The show is we have reached the end. Jamal, I want to thank you for coming on. I didn't mention, of course, you do freelance journalism as well. Did not mention that. My apologies there. Um, I want to uh thank you for coming on. Please tell everyone where they can find you on social media and also tell everyone where they can uh you know what all things you're working on as well. Uh, social media. I finally got back on Twitter at Black Etologist. Um, I had been hacked. It took like months and months and months to get back on. Uh, wow. Finally back on there. So check me out. Instagram at jmurphesque, J-M-U-R-P-H-E-S-Q. Also at Black Etologist on Instagram if you want some uh, college basketball news and opinions. Um, where you can find me, Bros Pod with Bill Roden with the legendary Bill Roden, uh, you know, talking sports from a social uh, angle. Uh, we, we, you know, we touch, you know, I just did my black quarterback ratings. Uh, Stroud, <laughs> I think I think I had Stroud, Stroud six um, overall this oh, year. Okay, okay, I, I, we got as we a got, we got to get to. Okay, okay, all right. He's pretty good for a rookie. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, compared compared to Bryce Young, who was like 12. So <laughs> out of 12, yeah. out of 12. Stars. Yeah, and I was gonna say he got to be 12 out of 12, man. <laughs> but uh yeah so check yeah, check out bill ronald sports bros pod um also anscape uh, uh do a lot of college basketball writing for them just wrote something on um ed cooley taking over at georgetown uh so check that out got some more stuff coming uh and you know thank you for having me on i appreciate uh, the support yes sir yes sir always man and of course if you don't know me i am the host of touring amc south my name is mike Patton. you can find me on the artist formerly known as twitter you can find me on there at Mike Patton 82 That's M-I-K-E-P-A-T-T-O-N-82 on Twitter. You can, of course, find me on uh, Instagram and the threads as the, that's T-H-A, not T-H-E, underscore general, underscore M-P. And, of course, you can find Torn AFC South on YouTube. You can also find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, let's see what iHeartRadio, Amazon Music. Yeah, you, you name it, we are there. I want everywhere, to thank you all everywhere. for coming in. Yep, that's right. That's right. I'm everywhere. They're never there. But I uh, know <laughs> we're not going to go there. But uh, let's see. I just want to thank everyone for tuning in to Touring the ANC South with your host, Mike Patton. We're out. Peace.